Good morning again. Welcome to Prairie View Christian Church. It is good to be with you here in 2021. Uh, It's a good start to the year that we can be here in person, and hopefully that will continue in the weeks ahead. As Craig said, we know it will continue for next Sunday, the 10th, uh, but we certainly hope and pray it will continue beyond that as well. Now, you may have seen on social media, or you may have heard it said, or you may have said it yourself at some point over the past three days, New year, new me. Well, new year, new sermon series. We're going to spend the month of January examining five sayings you may have heard before. And I'm affectionately referring to these as problematic proverbs. A proverb is a short, memorable, pithy piece of wisdom. A proverb can take the form of a warning, an observation, an admonition, or maybe even a prohibition. In short, a proverb is a quick bit of useful advice. In fact, the Bible has an entire book of them. Some are theological, some are more practical, and some are even slightly amusing. Some of the more famous biblical proverbs include Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Another famous one, very practical. Proverbs 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And finally, slightly amusing, Proverbs 21, verse 9. One I think of when I'm cleaning out my gutters every fall. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Now, of course, the wives in the room would argue that the same goes for quarrelsome husbands. And that would be wise. A good proverb. But it's not just the Bible that has proverbs. Our culture has developed some of its own. These are pieces of worldly wisdom that are not featured in the pages of Scripture, Nevertheless, we Christians have sometimes taken them and applied them to our own lives or shared them with those around us. Now, these five sayings are not necessarily all bad. There can be some truth there if you come at them from the right angle. But they're problematic enough that we believers would do well to think critically about them before we say them. So go ahead and open your Bibles. We will be in several different areas of Scripture this morning. We'll have verses on the screen if you'd like to follow along that way. But before we do any reading, we will pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we have together. Thank you that we can gather and worship you here in this place this morning. And that we have the means and the technology and the volunteers to even extend our worship beyond this room and include those who aren't here. Uh, And so, Lord, I pray that our worship, whether it's here on this piece of property or whether it's scattered abroad in all kinds of other places, uh, I pray it would be honoring to you and beneficial for us. Thank you for uh, providing for our church so well in the year 2020 uh, that we made it through that gauntlet of a year. Uh, But, Lord, we also know that Uh, There are challenges that still lie ahead. And so we ask that you watch over our church, watch over our families, watch over all of us as your individual sons and daughters, 
uh, as we face the challenges ahead of us in 2021. Whether it's the thing on everybody's mind or whether it's things that we have not thought of yet. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would watch over us in this year ahead of us and that we would be faithful to you regardless of what comes our way. Knowing that you are still sovereign and you are still good regardless of what the future holds. And thank you for your son, Jesus, who calls us together. Thank you that his body and his blood were shed on the cross for our sins, that we are forgiven. Thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit to identify us as your children and to grow us in holiness. Thank you for your word that we get to read this morning. And thank you for this church that you've called together. We love you. We honor you. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, in the year of our Lord, 2012, a new phrase was born into the English vocabulary. It was introduced by a Canadian theologian, so influential and so recognizable that he goes by only one name, Drake. The phrase is YOLO, short for you only live once. In an article for the Washington Post, YOLO is summed up like this. YOLO, or you only live once, is a sort of teen interjection for carpe diem. For those who have forgotten their Latin, carpe diem means seize the day. But after Drake sang the word YOLO, it became extremely popular with the whippersnappers on social media. And while the use of YOLO may not be as cool now as it was in 2012, because after all, nine years ago is like ancient history in the world of pop culture, the damage has already been done. Now, hold on a minute. You only live once. I mean, what can possibly be so dangerous about that? It's true, isn't it? Well, for Christians, the answer to that is a firm maybe, kind of, yes and no. But let's start by giving YOLO the benefit of the doubt. How might Christians agree with this piece of worldly wisdom? How might God's word affirm some aspects of this cultural saying? So before we examine its problems... What can believers in Jesus gain from this non-biblical proverb? Well, if we use the phrase, you only live once, to mean that life is short, then yes, the Bible would certainly agree. For example, look at Psalm 39, starting in verse 4. David writes, O Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Likewise, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 12, we read there, For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. It, in that sentence, being death. 
And finally, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 and 7, a passage that I've read before at funerals. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. You don't have to be a student of Scripture to know that life is short. We all have stories of friends and loved ones who were gone in the blink of an eye. We've all been reminded by a wise elder that as you age, you will look back and wonder where the time has gone. We all realize, or at least we should all realize, that our lives could end at any moment. As Christians, we believe that Jesus could return at any time. In that sense, we all know that life is short. So if that's what we mean when we say, you only live once, then believers in Jesus can agree. Likewise, if we use the phrase YOLO to communicate that we only get one chance at mortal existence, then yes, Christians agree with that as well. The Bible teaches a linear understanding of time and history. God is outside of time and history. He's not contained by time and history. He's eternal. He always has been. He always will be. There is never any way in which God is not. But God's creation, our world, it has a beginning and an end point. Humans have a beginning and an end point. We're born, and then we die. We do not hold to the Eastern religious idea of reincarnation. The concept that life is cyclical, and after you die as a human, you may come back as something else. Likewise, Protestant Christians do not hold to the doctrine of purgatory. The idea that there may be a sort of remedial period between the time that you die and the time that you stand before God. There is a beginning and an end to mortal life, and you only get one. So in that sense, we agree, you only live once. And then finally, if we say the phrase YOLO to encourage ourselves and to encourage others to make good use of the limited time that we have, then by all means, Christians are right there with you. Knowing that we could die or Christ could return at any moment, does not paralyze believers into inaction. It doesn't serve as an excuse for laziness. Rather, it motivates us to use our time well. We focus on what really matters in the eternal scheme of things, rather than making idols out of pursuits or distractions that ultimately prove to be trivial or meaningless. The passage that we've read multiple times already this morning, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, the Apostle Paul says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul encourages the believers there to walk as children of light. To stay awake in the present as they wait for Christ's return in the future. 
Use your time well. Use your life well. Why? Because you only live once. So I told you this sermon series was not going to be me standing up here and finger-wagging at all these common cultural sayings. These worldly proverbs really aren't all bad. If we look at them from the right angles, they may even affirm much older, spirit-inspired wisdom from God's Word. But then again, this sermon series is called Problematic Proverbs. So there have to be some sort of issues with today's example. So how does the phrase YOLO, you only live once, how does it fall short? Well, sadly, it is often thrown around recklessly. Instead of acknowledging that life is short and therefore we should use our time well, You only live once is usually used as an excuse to throw caution to the wind and not consider the consequences of our actions. It's a cover for doing things that are clearly unwise, irresponsible, and even harmful. It's used to justify being driven by the pleasure or the thrill of the moment with zero consideration for the future. And this flies in the face of the Bible's picture of wisdom. And discernment. The Washington Post article that we cited earlier continues. YOLO is short on the noble idea of living life to its fullest and more focused on making brash decisions. One person added, when I see YOLO on social media, I know instantly that something unintelligent and cocky is going to follow. She then added, There's nothing wrong with taking risks in life and trying new things. I'm totally for that. But there's a fine line between living your life to the fullest and making spur of the moment irrational decisions. So one of the problems with this proverb is that it's often thrown around recklessly in this life. But far more dangerously than that, Much of the contemporary use of this proverb is incredibly short-sighted in terms of eternal life. Many who embrace the philosophy, you only live once, seem to conclude that if you do really only live once, then this life must be all there is. There appears to be little consideration that something else may come after this life. Philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche famously declared that God is dead. His main point was to confront those who had abandoned belief in God with the eventual logical conclusion of their claim. If there's nothing of eternal significance, then nothing is off limits. Everything is permitted. Thus, there is no longer any foundation for truth ethics, or rationality. All that really matters is acquiring as much worldly pleasure and power as you can before you die. And there's nothing else after. Or as the Apostle Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 32, If the dead are not raised, 
Paul is responding to those who doubt Christ's resurrection. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. That is the New Testament version of YOLO. But here's the thing. The Bible is anything but short-sighted. Rather, the Bible regularly calls its readers to look past this life and into eternity. In a sense, it's true that you only live once. But it's also true that when this one life is over, we will all stand before God and give account. And as scripture tells us, the wages of sin, of which we are all guilty, is death. And the only way we will not face the condemnation that we rightfully deserve is by faith in Jesus Christ. The one who took sin's condemnation on himself for all who believe in him. And as for your opportunity to respond to that truth. Jesus makes his expectations clear. In some of the first words that Jesus ever preaches in the Gospels, he says there, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. Turn away from your sin and place your faith, place your trust in Jesus. And I'll even add, do it now. Do it this morning, because you only live once. Psalm 10 warns that while those driven by arrogance, wickedness, and greed, to the point of committing injustice and sin to get ahead in this life, while they may think that God doesn't see, and that they'll never have to answer to him, they are wrong. In James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15, we read of a group of businessmen who have it all figured out. They know where they're going to go, they know what they're going to do, and they even know what sort of profit they're going to make. They are the masters of their destiny, the captain of their ship, or so they think. But James reminds them that their lives are a mist that appears for a little time, And then vanishes. And in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21, Jesus reminds a man who is far too concerned with his earthly inheritance not to focus so much on riches in this life that he ends up being poor in eternity. In one way or another, each of these passages warns us of the dangers of YOLO when not used rightly. The dangers of failing to have an eternal perspective. It's true that you only live once. But it's also true that this life is not all that there is. So may we not make the same mistake. May we not fall into the same trap. Yes, life really is short. And yes, we really do only get one. And yes, we really should use our limited time well. But the best way to do that is not to focus all of our attention on this life, but to remember the next one. 
to remember that our lives are on loan from God. To recognize that we are guilty of sin, deserve judgment, and can only be saved from this predicament by faith in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in his life, death, and resurrection. When we know that, then we can live the life we were created to live. A life of joyful and purposeful worship of God. The kind of life that, in a way, will never truly end. As we close, look at Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 1. We read there. There were some present at that very time who told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Apparently there was an incident in the ancient world where some Galilean worshipers came to the temple to offer their sacrifices, and the Roman ruler Pilate massacred them. No explanation. Verse 2, Jesus answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent you will all likewise perish. Jesus encourages this crowd to remember how short life is for all of us. Instead of speculating about why some people die an unjust, tragic, or even what we consider to be freak circumstances. Jesus reminds us of a simple truth. That one day, No matter how or when it happens, all of us will stand before God. And because we don't know when that time will come, our death or Christ's return, our response to Jesus is incredibly urgent. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. To answer Paul's point in 1 Corinthians 15, Christ really is raised. Thus, there really is a resurrection for all of us. There really is a judgment. And this life really isn't all there is. So even though it's true that you only live once, there is something that comes next. May we be ready for that day by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we have together. Thank you for worldly wisdom that really does have some wisdom to it. Thank you that there is truth in this world, even though this world has fallen, that we can learn many things about you by seeing how this world works. But we also know that worldly wisdom, while it is not useless, it is insufficient and it is incomplete to help us know the truth about who you are, who we are, what our situation is, and what you've done to remedy that. 
So, Lord, thank you that we do have worldly wisdom that can teach us some good things, but thank you that we have wisdom from your word that tells us the truth about the gospel, that tells us the truth about Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, as we know that life is short, as we know that we should use our time well, I pray that we would make the best decision with our time that we could possibly make, and that is to follow your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus' life and death and resurrection. And thank you that even though we only live once, we know that by faith we can live with you in eternity. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.